just the haircut that we're going to see um, uh, Robert. What happened? Oh, Jack Haley. We're going to see Jack Haley's haircut now. See? All right. So. Oh, are you saying that's notice, not Robert Entwistle? It doesn't say that it's theirs. What it says is it, it isn't theirs for seven days. If Ben Vereen shows up with his, like, squatter's rights, he can own that place. But he's in the in the emergency room having right. shots shoved down his throat. And so Kate is like, come on, you got to come on. Let's wheel him out. Wow, he really got banged up if he can't even drink from a straw. Yeah, he really did get banged up. So the nurse sort of likes Ben Vereen a lot. This is the same nurse uh, with the with the, the kid's broken foot. And so <laughs> she's seen a lot of this movie. I see things you would have believed and fallen in cement. Yeah. I don't know how much uh, I, I mean, my research didn't even look up who she is. Let's see here. Nope, I don't even have her listed. I don't have a nurse listed. Oh, I know. I recognize her from, uh, she played Meryl Streep's sister in that movie. With, uh... <laughs> oh, wait, I was wrong. She's an African-American. So there were two in this film. But the militia guy was never in the same scene with these guys. Yeah. Is militia dad in a scene with African American? He at, he might be in the very very end in the finale. Yeah. All right. Well, we'll check out his reaction. I guess he got oh. he's got his Mister Rogers sweater. Well, it's a beautiful day in the emergency ward. It's a beautiful day in the emergency ward. What an interesting guy that guy was. Genuine human being. Ben Vereen or, or Fred Rogers? No, not Ben Vereen. Hey, right. hey, we got the whole zoo gang back together. Yeah, that's right. They're like, look, you go down there and claim squatters' rights. That's it. All you have to do, for some reason, I don't know why, all you have to do is get your... Uh, motor home, your trailer home, back on that lot, and you can claim it as your own as a squatter. That's pretty good. He's going to teach him how to fight. That's what this whole scene is about. He's going to teach him and get frustrated with them and quit. And then they're going to learn how to fight on their own and surprise Ben later. But, uh... Oh, you got to be kidding me. That's a... Whoa! Now look at the poster. It says the winch. Well, we cut away. He is the winch. So they have a. They're doing a favor for the winch. Yeah. Now the thing is, this is a boxing gym, not a wrestling gym, but I guess that's all they had. Well, they were doing some wrestling moves. He threw him across the ring. The boxers yeah. don't do that. Oh, so maybe I'm wrong. Maybe it's not a boxing uh, uh, gym. When they practice, is it all fake? Then it's a wrestling gym. Yeah, if it's all fake, right? So he um he goes, "What is the most important organ in the human?" And Skippy points at his pee pee. He goes, "No, it's the brain. It's the brain." Skippy, Skippy got Michael J. Fox in trouble, right? Or no, he was always kind of lagged behind. Like he was always kind of, you know, 
I have to admit to you, I have seen Family Ties. I really saw it like in the day watching it on primetime as it was stream, uh, playing right. in the stream. When you, were, when you were in college. Uh, 80. What no, year was Family Ties? It was 80. I'm kidding. It was 80. Yeah. Actually, I mentioned Mallory in one of our episodes and I said she was from Growing Pains. I apologize. I said oh. corrected. She was from Family Ties. Shame, shame. I was thinking, one of the characters was named Mallory, and I was like, oh, Mallory from Growing Pains. And it, it hurt me to listen to our <laughs> show in general because it's so quiet, but also to hear me describe <laughs> misinformation. Oh, got it wrong again. Flip. Flip. You see, this whole scene is like, this. it's never going to work. They're a bunch of screw-ups. They'll never pull it together. I quit kind of thing. Look right. at that. You gonna, are you going to kiss the Donnelly brothers? Are they kissing? Oh, uh, that's some good advice, Benry. Do you mind? Now, see, that's a boxing glove. And look at the guy well, behind him. He's wearing the sparring stuff. They're boxing. You see behind the crowd? Is that boxing stick? Can you use a stick with a boxing glove on it? What do you mean in an official ring? If it's wrestling, probably. But he's he's waving around this stick with a boxing glove on it. He's using it to train them, you know. He right. gets it near their face. To... Yeah. So it's just, Ben Vereen's just frustrating. He's spending all day frustrated. He's spending all day with them and it's not getting them anywhere. Oh, poor Zoo Gang, poor Ben Vereen. Now I gotta say, the the new guy, I keep calling him the new guy. His name in real life right, is but he's Jason, been... uh, Jedrick. And he was uh, on the television series, Murder One, he was on Boomtown, and he was in Iron Eagle. Um, also, just like and, Eric Gurry, Danny, he was in Bad Boys with Sean Penn. Uh, he was in Born yeah. in the Fourth of July. He was in Backdraft. He's for real. Yeah, he's for real. Those are all big roles. Mm -hmm. I don't think I've ever seen. I know the movie Bad Boys with with Sean Penn, and there was like another yeah. odd actor at the time. It was like an ensemble piece of like. Um, White boys pretending they're tough. They, you know, like this one's they... father drank. That one never knew his father. They were street kids. I don't recommend you see it. It's it, if you love Sean Penn, it's interesting to see. But well, you can stop right there. Yeah. Thank. Yeah. All right. All right. The, the pass for me then. <laughs> I saw him at the airport once. He looked pretty cool. Oh, did you? Yeah. Yeah, he was he was well dressed. It was An obviously airport him. sighting. Was it SFO? I mean, was it San Jose? Or it San was. Francisco? It was. It was SFO. Uh huh. Yeah. Uh, I once saw. Uh, who was the guy who was Clinton's? Uh, the kid in the Clinton administration was like, we should take focus poll, and he went on to be on Good Morning America. George, yes, Stephanopoulos. I saw him at JFK. Mike, I got to tell you, this guy is tiny. He's a tiny, tiny yeah. little person. You could yeah, unzip my body and he could step in. 
Oh, well, there you go. Yeah, but who I mean, gets all the watches and yeah. Like I'm telling you, like you look at his little pinky and you're like, what a small little pinky. He's like a little guy. <laughs> that guy got a second act. He was a politician and uh or you know, worked in the yeah, in politics. He, right. He moved on to really be a television personality. I wouldn't call him a celebrity yeah. or a star. Well, it's funny because he kind of set the blueprint of like people who are normally under partisan uh, pretenses are now like America's favorite broadcaster. Yeah. You could trust. You hated <laughs> this person during the administration, but now you love this person. That's all over now. It's all over. Hey, if it wasn't for all that polarization, I would have never been on TV and got the job. Oh, yeah. Now, Gina is getting together with Danny, which I'll is not you. believable. Wow. Dear diary. This is so unbelievable. <laughs> uh oh. Look, he's weighing himself. I'm a virgin. Well, yeah, it's because the whole film has been about like, I'm trying to lose weight. I'm trying to lose weight. And now that oh. they're like working out together, he's being successful. There's a lot of montages in this movie. Whoa, look at that flip and these kicks. Neck, uh, thank you, Arizona, for a great location. Yeah, thank you, UCAZ or whatever. No, UC, <laughs> every school yeah. I'm from California, every school starts off with UC, UCLA. Oh, oh so they, they say, like, Ben Marine, thank you so much for taking us to the Renz uh gym, but we're, we'll just do it ourselves. We got a monster, That's right? Setup. Well, Ben kind of quit on them, and so they're trying to sh get them back, kind of show them that uh you could trust us ben we're for real i would love to watch the outtakes of them fighting okay i want you to kick the wall and go <laughs> kick god damn that hurts look he's not wearing his cast the little kid i know it's strange i guess he got better time They're, has passed they actually just touched his leg uh, yeah, they get there. Yeah, gross. It's all clammy. There's a place like... in uh, Butler, New Jersey, in Bloomingdale, New Jersey, that really looks like that little uh, amphitheater we just saw. So much so that when they first, when I first watched this film for the first time, I was like, "Wait a minute!" Yeah, I should mention Carl watches these movies multiple times, takes notes, so. As bad as it is for us, the audience, mm -hmm. and I include myself in there, yeah. as hosted audience. You know, Carl, I'm one of those comics that uh, uh, host, open, and, and headline. Oh. You know, yeah. Well, I do a little time up front, too. And then <laughs> sometimes I drop in and do a guest set, you know. Did you bring your friends for the audience? Did you bring your friends for your audience? Great. You'll go on uh, in a little bit. You brought six people, right? Two drink minimum. Two drink minimum. Okay, great, 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 great. You got to keep it tight. We're going long. The, the headliner, the opener went long. Uh, the MC went long. I guess that went long, and the headliner's going to go. Uh, it's all me. You got to do two minutes. I had a friend who, uh, he, he sent out this flyer about a show he did where he was the opener. He was the host and headliner. <laughs> wow. And the host and headliner. Oh, man. Even as an audience member, you would pass on that. You know, I gotta tell you, Mike, I really wish I'm also gonna do it over. 
The what is over? The film. I'm tired the of it. We got thing? 25 minutes left to go. So what they're doing now is oh, they're breaking. Oh, really? <laughs> they're Are you breaking tired into... of this? Oh, yeah, absolutely. This film sucks. They're breaking into the uh, Donnelly's been... little lot. And they're basically going to, like, booby trap and stuff like that. And the whole thing will be about they're almost going to wake up and don't get caught. Oh, don't make a noise. Don't wake daddy. That's a Bradley game. Dun, dun. Oh, they sleep with bunk beds inside a trailer? Yeah, that's right. It's, uh, they're, 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 they're pretty low rent, these guys. Wow, and they, they busted Ben Marine's trailer? Their trailer's worse. Yeah, that's right. See, they don't, like, say, okay, our day is done on the car lot and the we're going home now. No, they're always there. So what's Goose's relationship? He's not, like, the fourth Donnelly brother. He's just the Goose, Goose is the fourth Donnelly brother, yeah. Oh, so there's the twins, there's the Breaking Bad, and then there's the... Breaking Goose. Away. Breaking Away, yeah, right. Uh, yeah, and then there's bad Goose. Bear. Right. There's the Bad News Bear. There's Goose, who's the not Broadway star. And there's... Uh, oh, he will. Goose, of course. The, and that's the, a bed, of course. The Don Henley music video twins are... Okay, now this is the worst scene ever. It's one of the reasons why I want the film to be over. Goose wakes up and he's got to pee. So where does he pee? Does he go to the bath, the restroom? No. He just opens the front door and pees right where they walk out of the trailer every day. And look at this disgusting joke. The pee is getting close to them. That's hilarious. Yeah, gross. I don't like it. <laughs> I pay good money uh, to, to see this movie. Now, Danny's like doing one of those, I'm going to sneeze things. Ah, uh, ah. Uh. That was a genuine sneeze, by the way. Oh, oh, I thought you were in the moment. I, I didn't plan that. I just said, ah, uh, ah, uh, and the sneeze came out. <laughs> Don't be such a stereotype nose. Hey, you could. Oh, well, you thought it was like a stereotypical role. Oh, here's the sniper. Yeah, that's right. Take the shot. The Donnelly brothers, they're approaching. <laughs> that man is late. I have a target. I have a target. Take the shot. Look, they're going to cock up the door. Do you think it's... Go ahead. Uh-huh. Oh, that's... They're going to kill him. They're going to make him suffocate. Also, didn't fucking Goose pee there like 20 minutes ago? Yeah. Like, they yeah, show up a couple hours. Like, is it daytime now? Like, doesn't really look like night, you see? Yeah. No, well, it's a twilight look, I guess. Yeah, but look at the light on his arm right now. Look at uh, the bright blue of, of, of the new kid's shirt. I don't think... Why is he taking his shoes was, off? It's the word continuity. I don't think they did a good job. It's supposed well, to be isn't night. this like it's... And it's supposed to be outdoors. It's not like parked inside a bigger hangar or something like that. No, they're like they're in a lot. Hours. They're outdoors. Now, Arizona uh, gets weather, gets rain, but most of the time it's pretty dry and hot. 
Gucci gang, Gucci gang. So they're going to... Look out the window. You wow. see how it's light out the window? It's daytime. <laughs> it's twilight. It's dusk. It's dusk. It's that magic hour. Look at the guys. Uh, yeah. The sleeping finger Goose... got up my ass. Right. Goose just goosed him. You got goose. Achoo! Actually, I didn't play it. This is oh, pretty knock funny. It off. He, he goes, um, he sneezes, and the oh, one good, brother starts to stir and says, what was that? And then he goes, shut up! <laughs> you know, as if he's like one of the Donnellys. And the kid just falls right back to sleep. That's it. That's the funniest joke. I appreciate now, you telling me. He just put an exploding cigar in Pa Donnelly's uh, sports coat. You see the mouse traps. Yeah. Marbles. Oh, and the marbles. Finally, the caulking is done. Here's the keys. Maybe it's dawn. Maybe it's. Hey, uh, where's the stuff in the bag? I threw it on the ground. But the marble, all the marbles, all the marbles. All right, let's go. Now we'll set them on fire, T. Now, I, I was wrong. I'm so sorry. Um, they are not at their car lot. They are parked in front of the zoo to protect it. They're, they're waiting until it's theirs. So wait a minute, they kicked out Ben Vereen so they can take his spot? Well, you know, I mean, this represents money, right? It, it, it's the building. So now that he's going to drive off, this is such a strange movie. Yeah, I know. I and who do they get to do it? Uh, they get the little kid because yeah. those fools cocked well, up. They're breaking the window. They cocked up the door so they can't get in. You bonehead. So the little kid has to do it. So he can't get out, right? Unless he pops out of the window like he popped in. Right. But he can easily pop out. He's going to drive again. Ow, my toe! He knows how to drive. Mousetrap! No, that's kind of the joke here. He doesn't know how to drive, but he has to be the one to do it. Listen, all I can say is that Kevin from Home Alone would know how to drive. Yeah. He would set the movie traps up. The wet bandits would trip on the marbles. That kid knew everything. That He, he that, did good. The new kid just did his own stunt. Yeah, I saw that. That was dangerous. Pretty cool. That's stupid, too. Why? That's it's got, a fire hydrant. That's got to be a movie stunt hydrant. Look, it's of a different color. It was yellow, and now it's green. Really? The internet didn't tell me to look for that continuity error. I'm pretty sure it was green the thing that popped up. I would say rewind, but that would be I would get arrested for torture. <laughs> Help! We're dying. They, they're they're pathological. Like I said in the beginning of the movie. So they take out the car battery. They puncture the tires. They throw away the keys, so they can't drive their van back there. Oh, you got to do something with the tracking. Yeah, th this is clearly they video. They almost so much pain. Like, that's an insane stunt to fill a car up with water. 
I'm sure when they were writing it, they were like, this is going to be great. Now they're like, Ben Vereen, Ben Vereen, and look who's in bed with them. It's the nurse. Great. Way to go, Ben Vereen. Nurse me back to health. Wet nurse. Now he's doing his, I'm a drunk stuff. Okay, so the dad goes to wake up the kid, but huh? It's a pillow. Let me check on my daughter. Is that a drone behind him? It's the FBI behind you. It's a little black helicopter. <laughs> it's a black helicopter. Damn, baby, it's a Zagu helicopter. Get the hold of militia. That is foreshadowing. So he looks at the diary. Now he knows where they are. So this is the final talk Ben Vereen into doing it. Uh, let's get this, you know, get your... Uh, uh, car back to the lot so you can claim squatters rights but for some reason the car kind of like doesn't work or something they gotta push it you'll see well the good news so far here in act three is there's only 16 minutes left that's the best part of act three <laughs> well carl you know we're having connection problems throughout like when we listen to this episode it's going to be kind of rough tied so I do apologize to the audience. I, I apologize for this show. No, no, I don't. I never apologize for the show. But if we had to watch a bad movie with a bad connection, this would be the night. Yeah, right. Whoa. So what we're learning now is they He's learned how to fight. See, Ben, come on. We're on your side, Ben. Don't quit on us. <clears throat> we know how to fight now, Ben. Wow. Did you guys self-train with your own montage? That's exactly what they did. Hey, Carl. Yes. Audience, I want to say that what? the internet trouble is all on Mike's side. I am plugged into the router. This is all me. It's all me. It's all me. It's unstable the whole night. <laughs> we still want this episode out. Listen, January, we're watching uh, Playing for Keeps, and then yeah. we're watching the Zoo Gang. And then for the rest of the year, I promise, no silly, like, kids really? bars. Well, I doubt it. I'll find another one. <laughs> it's kind of like the theme of your we show. We just got out of high school. Well, that was the thing is like sometimes you get obsessed by movies and you like you watch a movie about a bunch of spoiled white kids who get themselves a rock hotel. Why do you, you see that, Mike? What do you mean spoiled white kids? Why do you run them down because they're white? You did that before on well, Munchies too. Oh, the white well, I, kid. Uh, aren't you white? Uh, listen, I, yeah, I know, but that's what, that's what pisses me off. It's like, hey, you're white and you have an income. What, here's a disposable income movie you could watch. It's a fantasy where you own a club or you meet a magical friend who becomes your best friend. Right. And it's like, I just feel like this is the worst idea possible. You know, like, <laughs> you know, I don't need, I'm going to pass, you know. But okay, so, so but if know. they weren't white, then you it would, would still be a go with movie. it. Don't get me wrong. <laughs> I say, wow. No, I just, I just feel like, you know, they, they, oh, the white guy will be our target market. He, uh, he'll love a talking munchie. 
Dupont, you know, like, it's just, I don't know. Now, that's Roger but Corman, is- and I think he was just trying to get a movie out. I don't think, you know, uh, everybody has a story. You know, I, I don't know. It, it, I don't know why it's six in your crawl. Okay, you see, Donnelly's cigar blows up. They get the payoff from that joke. Right. Well, yeah, right, because he swapped it. Was he able to get that cigar even though it was inside that van? Oh, what are they doing to that Marine? They're trying to stop him, and it's going to be sort of successful. Do, 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 it's like Donkey Kong. Do, 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 do. The thing is, Jump how the Donnelly's enlist all of these, uh, you know, like, white trash people to stop call, Ben Vereen? They called, like, the Arizona Stunt Team Union. You guys got 20 minutes? Come on down. We're shooting on our street. All right, we're over. End of the line. End of the line. Uh-oh. Walking tall. So basically the truck, the, the you know, his little van, it's it's stuck. And the whole point is he's got to get it onto the lot before the day count is over, which is like now. So it's all going to be... Before the last second, can they? Oh, whoa, racist guy just ran a red light. Yeah. And he's carrying a tiki torch. What? No, the father. He was carrying a tiki torch. Yeah, remember when, anyway. When the, yeah, tiki torch. Okay, I'll take your word for it. I didn't see that. Anytime I ever watch this. Okay, so is this hilarity? I mean, we're basically seeing like. It's slapstick. It's, it's Jackie yeah. Chan choreography. No, it's pretty. It's like kid movie. Attack. This is like predates Home Alone when it comes to cartoon violence for certain. When was Home Alone? 90s? Early 90s? 90. Yeah. It was probably 90. It might have been 91. I think there was a war going on. Uh, that's probably why it was so popular. We okay. So Pa Donnelly gets frowny faces because, like, they're starting to have some success now. They're starting to beat off the thugs. That right. doesn't mean that the car can get out yet. But you see, they're working on that too. So even the little kid uh, is successful with his yeah. car today. I hope. Fight now! Whoa! Kid. Cartwheel! Kid kid. Power. Wow. Ooh, look, he threw it into the camera. These guys are like little Jackie Chans. That's right. I feel like I'm watching six Jackie Chan movies at once. Jackie Chan driving a van. Jackie Chan kicking someone in the nuts. Ooh, they pulled that guy off the uh, hood of the car. Yep. These stunts are nuts, Carl. I know, and sometimes the real actors Uh, are doing it. Yeah. You know what it kind of reminds me of? We watched uh, Shaft in Africa, and towards the end, like, the studs were getting super fucking crazy. Like, they were throwing smoke bombs in, like, a prison or something. Right. uh Uh-oh. Oh, the gloves are off and the teeth are out. Teeth are out. 
Chatterbox. <laughs> Love that film. <laughs> Out of gas. That's right. The goose is going to get you. Uh-oh, come on, wrestlers, yeah. wrestle. We'll hit you with this bottle. I found it on the street. Ben Breeds is getting a stick. lot of love here. On the street too. A lot of nice hugs. He found it on the street empty. He probably drank it. Oh, right. Oh. Oh, wow, he's choking children. Now look, Let's Pa Donnelly's got a gun now, a serious-ass gun. And it's day of the time. Don't make us buy you a, make us buy you a bottle. Ba, uh, the, the dad's coming to the rescue. <clears throat> no tiki torch in sight. I called my boys. I went online and the militia's coming to join us. Yeah, right. Ah, there's a ghost driving that car. Oh, no, it's just you, Hurley. Hiya, chop. Wow. Whoa, he's running rings around Goose. Come on, yeah. Duck, duck, Goose. Duck, duck, Goose. I, t I told you to duck, Goose. I told you twice, asshole. Bong! Ooh. Don't punch a woman like that. That's nuts. <laughs> Women don't have nuts, Mike. Oh, well, I mean... Oh. Yeah. Metaphorically. Oh, watch! There's a, oh, this nuts... The One of the twins gets it in the nuts. <clears throat> nuts. Do you think the other twin felt it? Yeah, because they did. It's what not ghost pain. What's it? Uh, they are connected that way. Oh, but for some reason, it kind of doesn't. So they're going to have to everybody push it. And that's going to be our big finale. Thank goodness. Nope. Now it's I'll not working again. What a piece of shit car. How did they even drive through this car the whole time? They only have, you know, they, it's 10 o'clock, so they've got like five minutes at this point. And as an audience, we have, what, eight more minutes? We have I'm seven, yeah. See, they're pushing, but it's not enough. So it's everyone is going to be pushing this car. It was, looked easy at Wonder Woman 1984. Yeah, it's the car. Bang, zoom. Whoa. You know, I'm wearing my 3D glasses, so I could really feel that punch. <laughs> now, the cops suddenly like the kids and don't like the Donnelly brothers anymore. So they are not doing their coply duties of arresting people. So, you know, everyone gets involved and they're all going to get that uh, uh, RV onto the lot. What do you call that thing? Camper? It's a camper, yeah. It's like, a, oh, it's like maybe a, a FUD van, an FV. One minute left. One minute left. We're going to push it. It's sort of like a song playing. We could do, we could push the car a block. He's really shooting? Yeah. Guy's stupid. 
He's going to, in front of the cops, he's going to kill Ben Vereen. Really? What a weird turn. Uh-oh. Uh, yeah. And he shoots his own blimp. His son stabbed him and he stabbed finally got to yeah. use his switchblade. But it was on my own father's ass. The bad guys get theirs now. <laughs> Whoa! We could do it. We could push our van. <laughs> Man, there are people, they're just getting the shit fucked up. I yeah. have to say, the directors must have had a lot of fun setting this up, right? Yeah. Uh, I don't I know. They thought it was a great, great, you know, they're doing a great thing here. Here comes the dad to save the day. Oh, and he, pushes the, he, he crashes in there, pushes it, and touches. 30 seconds left. Assuming the clock tower's right. Yeah, well, I'm sure the rest of the militia is up there in the, in the clock tower. Come well, on, Dad. A sniper. Goddamn Japanese cars. Uh-oh. Claim notice ripped off. Yay! Happy New Year for all acquaintances. We did it. Kids live. Yay. Now we can all go to the zoo. Did you see that blimp crash in New yeah. Jersey? That was, oh, they never did it. Oh, the, oh, the humanity. This is the worst disaster I've ever seen. Oh, look out there. Now the nurse is still inside, as far as I know. I Yeah, it's been fun. Is there like a, a Guinness Book of World Record guy or some guy saying, you did it? The cops. The cops, that's the bullshit. Look at him run, tight ass. Now look, the club's back open Yay. and everything worked out. Tiffany Helms. Here comes the end credits. From O.C. and Stiggs. In 3D. Introducing Skippy. Yay, Mark Frank. Ricky Bobby Jacoby. Yeah. Jacoby, Jacoby. Jacoby. And then Rick. Bobby plays Ricky. Ricky plays Bobby. Ricky Bobby, two first names. The witch. Look how Ben Green gets top billing. And little Joe yeah. and Jackie or uh, Haley is next. Well, he would do that. Yeah, that makes sense. Although, you know. The band was called The Living Dolls, the credits just told me. I never bothered to look that up. They were so bad, in my opinion. Oh, yeah. They used to open all the time. Yeah? Yeah, they opened for you, too, during the zoo tour. They opened for you, too? Wow. Yeah, during the zoo TV tour or whatever. They were like, you guys ever see the zoo gags with us? Yeah, they open for me and they open for you too. Well, on that note, Carl, that has been <laughs> the Zoo Gang on awful, a very awful 
as bad as my internet connection tonight? I don't know. Uh, <laughs> yeah, that was awful. It was just pure. Those kids deserve to be spanked. You know. Now, there was a lot of effort that went into this film. There was a lot of you know the stunts and the. Uh, I mean, I'm sure that the director, producer, writers were like, "This is gonna be great." Well, the stunts were. I mean, it was cartoonish. I mean, you have this film. I guess it's kind of grounded. Kids have a community center they got to save from the land developer. But this time, it's a magical vacant space that has a full-on barn. Band right. And then, yeah, it's. Uh, I don't know. I mean, I haven't even touched this film. I, I don't know. It, it was. It was pretty bad. A full-on hot dog bar. Well, yeah, that's the thing. So it's kind of grounded in reality, but it isn't. And then when the action scenes, it's completely discon, you know, like disgenuous. You can't fall off a building unless you're John Wick. I, I can't stress it enough. <laughs> so I don't know. Uh, yeah, it was bad. And I feel ashamed that we did it, but we got rid of it. You know, <laughs> January is the month typically where the theaters release all the shit because they no one goes out. It's a little different this year. No one's going out, but. Uh, you know, it, it, uh, so that's the reason why we had this show today in in January. Just get all the crappy movies out of the way for the year. Yeah, I don't ever want to even think about that movie again. Whew, that was bad. Oh, there's all the music. Performed by Bobby Ricky. <laughs> for two seconds, Pat Benatar was. Uh, you could hear her song "Hit Me with Your Best Shot," and I don't see it listed here. It was probably just a mistake. Yo, if they, you ever have the soundtracks where they like someone drives by and they're like, "Hit me with your best shot," and then the soundtrack is like the full four-minute song. Right. Hey, congratulations! Uh, special thanks, to RC Cola. Appreciate the drinks. Well, that has been the Zoo Gang on our very disjointed LWAFLM OIT. We hope you enjoyed it. Uh, I gotta apologize, Carl. What the hell? Well, uh, you know, it's your show, and this is the kind of uh, thing you do, and, uh, you know, it's all right. So next week, we decided, like, you know, this movie was pretty bad, so I decided to, well, we we agreed that uh, next week, Carl will pick the movie uh, to make the up for the switcheroo. fact that... The switcheroo. The switcheroo. So, uh, Carl, uh, what movie did you pick? I picked Going Bananas 1987. And you will do the research, and I will be the audience. Going oh, I bananas. love it. Going Bananas, 1987, the greatest film ever. Uh, <laughs> you have a trailer set up, or would you like to perform yeah. the trailer? Right. There's a trailer. It is from, oh, gosh, this channel's so hard to say. Cinema X-U-N-G-A. Second word, G-A-R-I-M-P-E-I-R-O. Just put in Going Bananas. 1987 trailer and find the channel that starts Cinematunga. Cinema. All and right. slide it back to zero zero zero. Oh, I see exactly. Oh, Cinema Zunga. They got her. Uh, I can't, I'm sorry. I can't even read my phone. Uh, all right. Yeah. Uh, guys, just give me the call. Three, two, one, go. Canon Films. Yeah, Canon Video. Oh, uh, I think this was a yeah. You know, I don't know if this was. I've always seen this on video or on basic cable. Wow, they're just going bananas. This yeah. is not the movie I'm thinking of. 
Were you thinking of going berserk? Maybe. With uh, the the Saturday uh, with the um, Second City TV crew. I was thinking of going berserk. Damn it! I'm so excited to do going berserk. All right, let's find out if it's on YouTube. I don't think it is. That's why I was surprised. This movie looks ridiculous. <laughs> the the monkey talks. Yeah, his name spray. is uh, Zira. His name is Cornelius. Oh my God, they're they're wearing colonial hats. <laughs> it's safari right. hats. Yeah, all right. That monkey's in like half the movie trailer. Well, he's a talking monkey. It's that's the big deal about the movie. Wait a minute. There's a Osmond movie. Donnie and Marie had a movie, and I think it was called Going Bananas too. Oh, look at that! The guy's a monkey suit. Yeah, and there's the guy from Inspector Clouseau. What Herbert from Herbert yeah. Lum? Yeah, Twitch face. I'm telling Louise. Yeah. This is he is Munchy. He is Munchy. All right, I guess challenge uh, accepted, Carl. Give it to me what you got, Canon uh, Film. So now next look, week, do you want to look for Going Berserk? Let's look for it. All right, before my phone battery dies out on me. Going. Uh, going away. I don't know how to spell Berserk. Oh, it's easy. B E so like it sounds. B E Z. No, B E R S E R K. B E Z. Oh wait. It's not so easy. Uh, going berserk, buy or rent on YouTube. No, thank you. Yeah. Going berserk scene. Theatrical trailer. Yeah, I guess we're not going to find. It's all right. You know what? That that movie has a, it, it's more yeah. episodic. There's some good, there's some funny bits, but there's some funny parodies, but the movie drags. Okay. Going bananas then. Going bananas. All 1987. Right. Looking forward to it. Damn it. Not looking forward to it at all. I'm all right, audience, but forward to a hope. week off of not doing the research. Oh, my goodness. Thank goodness. Oh, my yeah. goodness. Oh, I'm glad I'm doing the safari movie. Thanks, Carl. Uh, and uh, thank you, audience, for putting up with us this week. And, uh, Carl, as always, thank you so much. This has been great. Thank it's been you, a lot of fun. All right. Yeah. All right. All right, audience. We're sorry. <laughs> That's all. Michael Spiegel, Spiegel, man, ma-na-na-na. I might have gone to a wrong chord there. Okay. Let us watch a full-length movie on YouTube with Michaels, Spiegel, Man, and Carl. Let us watch a full-length movie on YouTube with Michael Spiegelman and Carl. Follow Mike. Welcome to L W A F L M O Y T. Very important acronym. It's Let's Watch a Full Length Movie on YouTube with Mike Spiegelman. And Carl. Hi, Carl. Hi, Mike. Let us watch a full-length movie on YouTube with Michael. Eagle Man and Carl. Let us watch a full-length movie on YouTube with Car Michael, Spiegelman, and Carl. La, 
Breakfast elevates the hearts for the action and fervor of feeding a desire for a twistry of taste by tongue through the thoughtful traveling of our gut feel, weighed in by sequences of tally smacked up jugular pokery to match the eyes to the stomach, by surroundings of those in good company. It's true, that a hearty breakfast is indeed just, and that is the distraction needed for the exchange of phalanchku muckery on the keys to let you in on the notes while simultaneously blocking out the 3D channels of talk radio, which, while surely needed at all times, these days, is a luxury to ignore for some simple damages, like this breadth of a poet, I am bit on wicked up cherries and fervorments of elemental espresso. It was and is this particular morning when Q planned to re-up his game of living in this The Greatest Trials of Living Cities, a San Francisco of a daily choosing, call it a town, or the villain by villages, but not ought to bother the bots which operate the interior spacings of the underutilized internet. Ring. It was a kind of morning where the ringing started right away and the answering came much later, to the tune of the late openers of the offices meant to discuss options on which and the oaths and the weighing of means in a kind and gentle way. Oh to be social. Ducks indeed were in alignment, as Com sat idle but primed and with that knowledge, Q proceeded to lean a bit into the day by compartment department, imparted and stored like a straggle of shoes which perhaps needed a bit more sockery and the like. Waiting is a game played by those who wish to align their day through means and wills towards the beginning of any of those interactions which bear fruit, and so, the practice today is the disentangled bits of loop tape which have not yet been written, but were and are to be practiced anew for benefits of repetitious by non-repeating digits by and five digits of the fidgety kindness which lands us into our next setting. Sip. Q sipped a bit into the air and noticed his adjustment. Sirens, not in a priming state, but observed nonetheless, and coupled with the semi-complimentary ticky and tackiness of the tic-tac buildings going up in a down ground around the U-bend for answers from six hours ago. Left, center right, and all was in general order to prod into yesterday with a hook to just gently pull a string of yarn over a furry spot of brain and hope the fluff clears. Oh no! That's a horrible idea said that bit of brain, and snapped the yarn back into a ball and rolled it across the floor for the non-existent cat to paddle it for a bit. Oh it did enjoy that, perfect globe of a yarn not ever seen nor willed to again, and it clawed gently and bit it with its white teeth, from white fur as a kitten, for how else would a non-existent cat be not seen? Brief inventory on hearts of proceeding, as gently as the kitten, where it carpet graded A levels with a preponderance of well, a necessity of wellness of 85 percentage points towards the naught, and sewing and farthings few but far from a singularity which is on the top shelving of deliciousness to be divided by a summarization of a chance for a bit of gamey woo shyness which is where expectation provides our Frenston free energy. How can one return naught, when it's keyed up just right on a board of punchiness, T, 
to align our famed character Q upper left and as strong as the oxen of Moranuk jest, we sift gently for the flour which was meant for a girl but instead baked into a tossed up pizza with extra everything for the numbness of a friend yet to be discovered. Q ring Miranda, straight up the telephone pole, or from molasses of rule 20, which affected his voice slightly, as warbly copper hit its trough through to the water table and chair balanced for perhaps a later afternoon of the odd kindred to visit and jinker in a meditative relativistic zeroing out of ram plus failed bits which, while unrecoverable, were kind enough to leave their artifacts of X or and not. A further look at the situation brings the body forwards and forwards yet the clock is our demonic reminder to set itself back four paces, which is to say make it so, as in pacemaker, the artificial electrics. Hello Q. Miranda finally picked up the phone after 23 rings. She had also been enjoying the warble, at a 90-volt addition from her own table, and a glass of water which was only meant for Jurassic Park moments. You on the letter, Q? She punched her query into the teletext on the lower thirds of her copper eyeball. The moat you send was a little runny, have you been eating eggs again, or is that his style? She grinned. Style, yes as a comb filter at 60 may take the buzzing out, or it may level a playing field of bass which was meant to sign on to a techno dewdrop, although I hear they're taking theirs to 88 as per the triad and a soldering iron with flux core resin. I had an idea for a hat. Oh at that gravity and time came up again, for the dream and more, where planets chattered for the benefit of their own clocking orbits in streams not only seen but swam for and about and in a not so millionth of a subsecond to excite the next electron with those bits of signal carried about their mating writ and written for a gentle honor of self too as to be known in the patterns which produce re non-repeat, again and noggin. Yes, the air is fair and still here as well. It looks as if the discussion has suspensed the gaseous shifteries and we appear here and there, though fractal on a corner shopside stop, slightly unknown by signal, and if only. Well we could do with a bit of clearance. Was I the first person you called? Here, let me punch in a gesture just and slight, and. There's the digit. She flashed the hook, punched in nine, left it, and flashed back. Okay we have nine on a wire. Which means that bit is open from there to there, she motioned the point between the CO's switch towards its next grounded electrics. It must be getting antsy. Why don't you punch up the rest? She flashed them together. Q clackered in with a rolling set of tones towards the hillside, where flicks often slid around the faux wood flooring and flipped through news on her Kindle, the paper wire reporting type which was intended as fact. Oh hello you two. It's time is it? Come on up at your leisure, the couch is always a conservation, and the fridge is working perfectly, for its intended purpose of heat exchange for the small collection of Genevaites you've sent me. What that them? They drew all over the frosting. I think I may have gotten them a bit drunk, you wouldn't believe the poetry. I hope you're not cross, Q. Well, that explains this left foot, it seems to want to recite Grimm's fairy tales backwards without a cover, in hardback, but I'm staving it off for a smaller pocketbook and perhaps a lesson in traversing a toroid of a lifesaver candy, and wean it back to paper, which is tougher than a soul whose sole purpose is to line a shoe in towards our destiny of evasions. 
or speak and spell would be a very boring game. But. Miranda butted in, but we'll see the couch. And it will see us, she joked. It will take 35 minutes of travel, but lightly as it were, we'll precede the notebooks and you can just toss them around to look casual and all and well in the ness of necessity, which is to say, we have some extra scrabble for our city today. Peachy, Flex trolled in her usual tonal sparked voice, and the tryst trust will carry on until the moon flips, folds, or otherwise indicates a title aloha in a manner liking to said doors towards the front and the rear of our, or, offices. It's lit. You? Eh? Said Q. Sure, Miranda piped down. Did you know you and Toy are very similar in language? I wonder if that how kids feel about themselves when they start using smartphones. Oh behave, was the pop rock culture clubby bit meant to cue the music, and it did, Miranda rose THS receiver up a few notches on her panel and plugged a quarter eighth into the vinyl cage, as she called it, flipped on a lighted LED single pole dual throw and scratched behind her ear as she hoped the scratchy record would find the diamond head, and, it did. D.E. Light. Leaving this on the level. Punching out. All. They all punched on hold and hung their receivers in place. See you on the inside they all grinned and turned and began to package up their days for a bit more of difference, from within and about haptics. Dot. And yet again, Radio 11 brings you our eggs and counters of parts, partings, partying weighing in light and means for travel from the lab's remote and unbearing FCC from a van named Charlie of the angular angel kind of ruckus which is meant to keep a school of fish from overflowing a tank, which has had a special damn engineering for it to do the crossover radio announcements, this is Aqua Q in a singularity of a Friday in toast motion, brown and hooey, with a BBC but for the kitset drum party ch panned left to right and jiggle just a bit like a potted plant piece plus love from lovely San Francisco, sunshine at LC3W. Let's watch a full-length movie on YouTube with Mike Spiegelman. Let's watch a full-length movie on YouTube with Mike Welcome to L-W-A-F-L-M-L... <coughs> Carl. Yes, L-W-A-F-L-M-O-T. Y-T. L-W-A-F-L-M-O-Y-T. Welcome to L-W-A concerning cough during a pandemic, F-L-M-O-Y-T. <laughs> Better known as Let's Watch a Full Length Movie on YouTube with Mike Spiegelman and Carl. Sorry, Hi. I coughed a little yeah, I know. I just caught a computer virus. Thanks. It's COVID-21. You got the cookie monster virus. COVID-21. Oh, yes. Okay. God bless. I'm in talks with Michael Bay to make that movie. Welcome to the show. So, we're going to movies. 
We are called Let's Watch a Full Length Movie on YouTube, but we go by the acronym L-W-A-F-L-M-O-Y-T. We'd love for you to subscribe to our podcast. We'd love for you to follow our Twitter account, the one of the 30 that does. And then we have a great YouTube channel uh, curated by Carl. It's L-W-A-F-L-M-O-Y-T. And we're also on YouTube as Let's Watch uh, on Facebook. It's Let's Watch a Full Length Movie on YouTube. With Sweden and Carl. We also stream first on mutinyradio.fm, uh, which we really love. And we would yeah. love for you guys to go ahead and donate. Go to Venmo and go donate some money to the radio station at Muni Radio. And uh, that would help us out considerably. But we are on every Sunday afternoon, 5 p.m. Eastern. So you can hear our show first. What we do is we play, we talk over a movie. And you watch the movie on YouTube and listen to the podcast. And we've been doing this for about four or five years. Yeah. have over 400 episodes, all available on mutinyradio.fm and the podcast archives. Just look for an acronym with a concerning cough in it, <laughs> and then see a list. We actually have a list. We did this last year. You know, we have done every week movie. A couple of weeks we skipped, a couple of weeks we did not. And uh, we uh, want to just take a year review. Uh, the way our show works is that I've always read about these movies uh, growing up. But you never had an opportunity to see these weird movies. And now they're all on YouTube, so we get to see it. So unlike other movie shows, we just talk over the movie, which is like <laughs> other movie shows. So, uh, but Carl does a lot of research on these movies, and he has a lot of information about it. And uh, a lot of the hard work is through Carl to make this happen. Anyway, we have a lot of movies this year. Carl, do you have any films that just stand up this year? Anything noticeable about the films we watched? There are many films that stand out, but there's too many for me to make a top 10 list, so I just sort of did them all. Well, you know what we can do is we start off the year with one of our most pop, winds up being one of our most popular videos on YouTube. Yeah. It's the 1984 film. They're playing with fire. Right. It's an entire sentence for a movie title. Uh, and that had... Uh, 28.7 thousand uh, views. Also, our synced up podcast with the movie. So uh, that's a it's a great film. I really like that. Sybil Danning and yeah. uh, some terrible kid uh, run amok in their, yeah, uh, their husband's Brown boat. Is, it was a terrible kid, and they didn't have any chemistry. You know, they didn't uh, they 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 didn't like each other off screen, and you, it really showed. Yeah, I agree with you. She really seemed like she was ready to make a movie, and he was not into it. No, uh, one of our favorite. So that's, you can find us, these movies are not listed with the titles. So when you do go to miniradio.fm uh, uh, and then go to podcast archives and go to LWF, uh, our, our thing, uh, you will see that they're just by dates. So this is just considered a guide. So we just mentioned January 5th. January 12th, we did a movie directed by Larry Hagman, Beware yeah. Blob. Beware the Blob. That was all Hagman. 1972 Hagman, so he was in between uh, television epics. Right. That's the only movie he ever directed, and basically it was a bunch of his neighbors. Like Murgis Meredith, Meredith. Yeah, but Del Close, the godfather of improv. Do you, do you remember the comedian who passed away who was on it? Chester Haggis. Yeah. Yeah, a lot of uh, it's a, it's, a, it's a, it was good. I like it. it. Was kind of a parody of a kind of comedy, like improv comedy about horror movies. Well, I mean, it was the blob. I mean, it was a legit movie with 
plot and everything and main characters. It was just a lot of fun. Do you remember Shirley was in it? <laughs> she was the hippie Cindy Williams. Yes, heavy Cindy Williams is in it. She was great. Not the first time we've seen a movie with her. Right. Uh, she was in Guests. Right. Uh, the right. Roger Corbin movie. Well, so we recommend you wear the blob, and that is January 12th. All right. January 19th, we did Lost Angels, starring that BC boy who acted in the movie Lost Angels from 1989. Adam Horowitz. Adam Horowitz, yes. Uh, and he was like a, a rich kid, or was he just like a kid? He was like a, a upper middle class. But do, do you remember why we did that movie, Mike? Yes, I do. Uh, the BC boys had written the memoirs. Yeah. I remember like BC book and Adam Horowitz says, whatever you do, do not watch this movie. I'm embarrassed by <laughs> and it. So you said we must immediately watch this movie. Absolutely. So I fell for it and we watched it. And you know, I actually agree with Adam Horowitz. No, it's it's fine. Yeah. I remember the movie when it came out. Paulie Shore was in it. Paulie Shore was in the institution. He was kid number three. Yeah. That that helped launch his career. So we we appreciate you, Adam Horowitz. Okay, one last. Thing. Let me just say about this film. It, the director went on to be a for real director. I mean, he did Chariots of Fire and Greystoke. You know, Lord of Apes, Tar Tarzan movie essentially. And also, Donald Sutherland was in it, but he's no slouch even then. Well, he's he's a prolific actor, to put it mildly. He he's in everything, so it didn't surprise me, but. Yeah, he, he held it. You know, one of the nice things that happened in 2020 was that the public domain laws were re, uh, finally reinstated what? after a 20 year hiatus and right. movies went into the public domain. And one of the nice things we can do every January is to take a new movie that is in the public domain and watch it in peace. Exploit that. Yeah, so we exploited that on January 26th, if you're going down our list on the archive. And it was a movie called Peter Pan from 1924. Yeah. And it's funny, Pan's from the lusty god of music, and that's not what Peter Pan is. No, well, this this was like I guess based really on the book or the play, I guess. On the book, yeah, it was a. I'm not. I think it was a book first, but certainly it, the movie was the play, at least the interstitials. They tried to capture the play on film. It was slightly different. There was that animal guy. Do you remember him? Yeah, I do. And, and we think he was also the crocodile. And um, one thing that was peculiar is in the U.S. version, they raised the American flag, you know, stars and stripes. But in the British version, they're raising the Union Jack. Oh, wow. Well, that's, uh, I don't know. I, I think Peter Pan's playing it both ways. You know <laughs> what I'm saying? Yeah, I think, I think he's, so. He's got some, some scheme going on. He's like, there's a, the World War, I know which side I'm going to ally with. Oh, yeah, it was a silent movie. And that really upset me because if it's in the public domain, that means we can play the audio. <laughs> uh, well, the, no, but the movie is in the public domain, but the music version might be different rights. Uh-huh. I see. That's right. I think you would have still... mentioned that in the episode. All right. Well, that was a controversial moment during Peter Pan. That's We're now in February. February 9th, we did Furry Vengeance from nineteen yeah. from 2010, which is, of course, Brendan Fraser versus a raccoon. Yeah, the, the, the movie that killed Brendan Fraser's career. 
Well, you know, he he had an interview and he revealed a lot of stuff about his life. Yeah. But yeah, I think I do agree. For well, he admits he's ashamed of this film. I mean, I am being a jerk to him, but he admits he's ashamed of this film. I don't know. Well, the we, director was for real. He did Cruel Intentions and The Sweetest Thing. And so the only reverse is here is Brendan Fraser, one of the biggest international movie stars in right. the last two decades finding a raccoon squirrel puppet like on the floor like pretending he's a real thing and like giving it his all like there's nothing really wrong did. with his performance except that i was asked to do it yeah. he used to be in great shape you know he did the action movies but he eased up on this demanding physical rec uh, regimen for this movie he thought it'd be funny to you know be the dad right with the muffin right Okay, look, the best thing about this film, Billy Bush. Billy Bush is in it. Yeah, well, so Billy Bush from the this, from the Donald Trump tape Accent. Right. Yes, yeah. he's really from the right. Bush family, and he was on Access Hollywood, the, the Trump controversy. So there you go. There's our uh But look, uh, we gotta make a shout out to these comedians, Mike. I think you forgot. Remember Jim Norton was in it. Yeah, Jim Norton, that's right. I remember it was kind of the Jim Norton crew in there. It was and cool. Patrice yeah. O'Neill, who had some sort of tragic story, right? He died early. Yeah, so that's right. All right, so Patrice O'Neill. So he had a bunch of good comics. So would you recommend Furry Vengeance? Ron we saw Riggle. It on um, what was it? Ron Riggle, that, that's a comedian who became an actor. Um, yeah, I mean, it's, I don't know, it's fun. Uh, you're right about that scene. It's clear he's, it's a puppet. But uh, I don't know, it entertains. <laughs> yeah, it's entertaining. It shouldn't have killed his career. That's too rough. It's not that. Yeah. On February 16th, we watched Wildflowers from 1999. Yeah. A movie from 1999, Carl, yeah. the best year ever. Yeah, remember our, our joke about Roadrunner? <laughs> beep, beep. Yes. So this is a film that's shot in the Bay Area, which is as separable as our show is. I, if it's from the Bay Area, I'd like to see mm -hmm. it. And it's out of Sausalito. Uh, and there's these boats. You know, wouldn't it be cool to live in a boathouse, Carl? Right. It was. It's not. It, it really Callie isn't. lived there, and it was great. It was Claire, uh, Clea Devon. Yeah, well, here's a film where I think it was Daryl Hannah was a, a yes. woman of the hippie. The mom. And, uh, she was the mom. She was she not was the, mom. the mom. Well, so the, the girl, uh, the teenager, comes of age and comes meets her real mom, who was a hippie. Yes. And when she, she tells Daryl, she goes, Daryl, I'm your daughter. And Daryl says, beep, beep. <laughs> That was, that was it. That was the funny joke at that episode right there. But it was a good movie. I like that oh, one. It was so sweet. There was that excellent scene in which they were in the wilderness in that abandoned house, right? It was or like a lean-to or something. And yeah, she goes, you're my mom. And she goes, shoom, beep, beep. Oh, <laughs> <Road> runner. <laughs> if she can't choose you, your mom. <laughs> you're my mom. Blues Travelers was in that. Yeah, it was good. It was a good cast. And Eric Roberts. I don't know. It was all. Yeah, yeah, so Eric Roberts, right before he kind of, he's in a lot of stuff. Yeah. Like, uh, bring, I'll take it. Hello, I'll take it. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. I thought maybe it would be someone who's yeah. offering. No, hi, mom. Hi. Hello, this you reach Eric Roberts. I'll take the role. Hello, your vehicle. This is the vehicle notification uh, call. Sounds great. I'll be there on Monday. All right, Eric so Robert style four 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 four. He gives a sincere. He's he gives a really good performance in that. Yeah, I'll, I'll he does. It. It's a good movie. It's worth looking out. 
I we still got a popcorn films channel, I believe. Bro, the next time we Oh yeah, that's right. There was a, was a North Beach Cafe that she was in. I'm not sure. I just know it was Wayne County and a bunch oh, right. of different Yeah, and she had a yeah. great house. It was like there was a courtyard in the back. Yeah, no, it's beautiful up there. Absolutely. So yeah, you get to see it. A lot of hippies, you know, out mm -hmm. there. So older, older hippies. So it was good. It's a solid movie. Not as good as the Matrix from that year, but you know. Right. Not as good as the Matrix. On February 23rd, we watched Bugsy Malone from 1976. Fun film. Fun film. All the What's little that? kids under 17 years old, every single cast member, including Jodie Foster, Scott Bayo, and Dexter Fletcher. Yes, who we know from The Mo Mad Monkey. What is it? Uh, Desperate. Oh, yeah. Twisted <laughs> Obsession. Yeah, Twisted Obsession. Which was in England called The Mad Monkey, and in Spain was called El Sueño de Moco, uh, Mono Loco. So, a lot of history to that movie. So, I Dexter Fletcher. Uh, director, yeah. Yeah, Rocket Man, for fuck's Rocket sake. Man. Mm -hmm. And, yeah. And he took over from Ryan Singer, as it were. In Bohemian uh, Rhapsody. He also did Bohemian Eddie Rhapsody. the Eagle. Eddie the Eagle was a fun film. Uh, it was 2015. Uh, it's a little unrealistic, that film, but he did a good job. So he went on to, he is something interesting, but there also the music of Paul Williams was in it and they did the adults instead of kid, kids as singers. Yeah. Well, you know, they have, uh, they reenact gangsters, the, the whole the film lore of gangsters, and they sing as a musical as part of yeah. film lore. They're also kids. So instead of gunfire, there's uh, pie fights. Right. And it's directed by Alan Parker, who did Pink Floyd The Wall, of course. And it's just a stylized Avita, and and it's and it's just as great as those films. Even yeah. though it's hard to get over the fact they're kids, he was uh, ashamed of this film for years, and it wasn't in his memoirs. And it was like when he was in his like eighty late eighties that he finally said, "You know, this film is fun." Do you remember the pedal cars? Yeah, right. That's how they got around, like the Flintstones. And you already mentioned the splurge guns. That was a lot of fun. And the songs were fun. You know, it was it was good. It was Scott Bale made out with Jodie Foster behind the scenes. Yeah. Well, you know, if you go to his Twitter account, he lists uh, Buzzy Malone as one of his films. He should. It yeah. was his first. You know, he didn't even want to do it. He was sick of going into Manhattan. It was his parents. He wasn't a big famous guy. And they... He, you know, he went in, he read the thing, and he slammed it down and left. And and the director was like that. Alan Parker was like, "This guy's for me." Right. Yeah. Absolutely. And he did. He holds it together. And then he became Chachi. So it's definitely uh, Chachi. Yeah. Yeah. One last thing. Do you remember yeah. that actor who played the tough guy? Remember? Yeah. He from Brooklyn, he was an unknown. This this Alan Parker went to all these schools and said, who's the worst kid in this class? And they went, you know, they pointed at him. He, I don't know. He just fell into the role and he did it perfect. Our next film was actually, we, uh, as you know, the pandemic. Carl flew over uh, to San Francisco to Mini right. Radio Studios. Uh, we were part of the fifth annual Mini Radio okay. Comedy Festival. And we were very excited because we had multiple shows uh, one uh, with live audience as well. 
And uh, so on the July, so that aired uh, live. Uh, was that the one where, uh, no. So yeah, was this the Dante's Inferno and um, the Tarantino film? Right. So we watched Dante's Inferno, another uh, movie from My Best Friend's Birthday. Yeah. Which was pretty good. For, you know, it was a bridge version, to be honest with you. It wasn't, you know, they couldn't fit everything in that, in that 25 minutes. And well, then we watched. It was like burnt in a fire. There's only 36 minutes that remain of it. But the burnt in a fire might be a myth as well. Well, that's true. Maybe they covered the other two books, uh, but they well, can I just say, I really enjoyed going out to San Francisco. This was two weeks before lockdown. We didn't know it was coming. I didn't know it was coming. No. And you were very hospitable. We did a lot of edge of insanity appearances together. Um, we did that show where we did clips about San Francisco. And your playlist on Luggish Tuesdays. We did the rats are coming. The werewolves are here. We had a lot of fun that visit. It was like a week and a day or something. It was good. Oh, absolutely. So I, I would say like if you want to check it out, uh, listen to our March first episode. And Carl, it was great to have you in San Francisco. And, I, and absolutely, we did some sketch, uh, some stand up shows as well. Yeah. Uh, and if you check out later in the month on March twenty second, the rats are coming. The werewolves are here. We had comedians from the festival join us, yeah. uh, so you can go ahead and listen to that. And then uh, just look, rounding off uh, March 8th, we did Ape for 1975, 6. Carl, fill me in. My, my uh, head's full of holes. Ape, okay, the reason is Ape was unremarkable. Ape was attempting to be a ripoff of King Kong. It was 19, uh, of, in 1976. It was a South Korean-American venture, but it had 3D effects. That was oh. like a hook, and the you know it did ape with the mash asterisks in between it. Um, they got sued right away, right away, and they had to change the name. It was going to be called the New King Kong, huh. uh, and it was a one point five million dollar lawsuit. And these guys just threw up their hands and said, "Okay, we changed the name. All right, no problem." Yeah. They named yeah, it on. Super Ape, Super Ape. <laughs> gotcha. All right. Well, there's that's, that's the reason why I had no idea. Our movie on March 15th was Swap Meat, the delightful film from 1979. Swap Meat! Uh, it's kind of unremarkable, but it was, I don't know, it was nice to see Danny DeVito at the age of Taxi and uh, Rhea Perlman, um, you know, back in the day. But my favorite part of this film was it starred not Bud Court. Your favorite character actor who looks a lot like character actor Bud Court, but yeah. he's not. Danny Goldman is his name. Well, Danny Goldman was memorable in it. It was basically, it would be great now during the pandemic to go to a drive-in movie house that reopen up, park your car, and watch Swap Me, which takes place in the 70s in a drive-in movie house, where during the day, the drive-in movie theater, the parking lot becomes a swap meet. Yes. Where people sell their stuff. And it was the adventure. It was pretty solid. I, I liked the movie. It had a memorable John Breyers was in it. Scott Pryors? Uh, John Gryers, who you like from Joysticks. He was King Vidyat in Joysticks. Oh, that's right. Sure. And from uh, Napoleon Dynamite. That guy's great. Uncle Rico. Yeah, Uncle Rico. Yeah, he was very funny in that and swap me. Uh, as we mentioned, March 22nd was The Rats Are Coming, The Werewolves Are Here, a low-budget yeah. film directed by a low-budget cult director whose name Andy I know Milligan. on my list. Andy Milligan, Andy Milligan. This was 1969. He was in this old England and in this house and he's like such an opportunity. He filmed four films there and he filmed them simultaneously. 
God, yeah. So it made, and then he edited together. The only thing I remember about this film, besides having uh, some great comics with us, yeah. was that he, there was one girl who was stabbing a, a rat with a knife, and yeah. she was really stabbing, but yeah. she was playing with it. Like, like I'm going to see how close I can hit. But she and hit she them with the rat a couple That's right. So that's it. That's what you can see. It's on YouTube as well. Mm -hmm. uh, on March 29th, our last movie was National Lampoon's Robo Doc. That was fun. 2008. National Lampoon, like you said, it was written by two doctors. Two real medical doctors wrote the uh, story. It's it's a Robo Doc who walks around some hospital and much to the charge. He's data. That was our Star Trek connection. He pretends he's data. Was Michael Winslow shows up in the first three minutes, doesn't do a sound effect. He does one when he quits the, right. the hospital right. and he goes, beep, beep, blurp, I'm out of here. Yeah, and right. Then, that's it. That's it. And then he gets top billing. That All right. Well, what about Alan Thicke then? Um, Alan Thicke. And, uh, yeah, it was all right. You know, he, he, God bless him, rest in peace. I don't think it was when he died. It was, but he just, I don't know, they hired, Eric Roberts' phone must have been down that day. <laughs> yeah, right. Well, they did manage to get the kid from uh, uh, Married with Children. David and his Foster, wife. Yeah. And his wife. His then wife. His then wife is one of the nurses in this film. I enjoyed that film. I recommend it. It was stupid. Well, it was like his 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 robo doc abilities is seducing nurses, <laughs> which we see in first person. Oh, robo doc! That perfume you're wearing—it's enticing it me. Like the brother? No, he died. Uh, the brother died, and so like he made robo doc to sort of be in the image of his brother, like as an homage. And then the old girlfriend showed up, the fiance was—you know—that's why there was an attraction. Okay. National Lampoon's name is also on National Lampoon's Replicate. We watched Very, very uh, good film. From 2002, more of a standard National Lampoon movie. It's about these college kids, and they just can't get a woman. And wouldn't it just be great if they just built a woman? <laughs> so, weird science, they build a Replicate named right. Kate. Replicate. Replicate. And they replicated she, her. They replicated her. See, they replicate her, and there's shenanigans in the collegiate lab. And but more importantly, she learns to become a dude. And at the end of the well, film, yeah. that was yeah. the whole plot. They they said, okay, we're raising a child here, so let's raise her to like sex and drink beer and be into sports and all the uh, like uh, heterosexual jock things. So they get exactly what they deserve. Now look, it. She's a beauty pageant title holder, this actress. She was beautiful. She won yeah. Miss USA. She's with, with George Bush and the first lady saw her movie and asked her, to, saw this movie. And so she was sitting next to them in the State of Union. You know, she was sitting by the mom. All right. Well, there, yeah. And uh, she's, she's funny in the movie. I mean, she definitely <laughs> holds it together. But yeah, it's kind of like a... No, wait. What about Eugene Levy? It was oh, great, this movie. Right, so he uh, he was like a mayor or something like that. He didn't have well, a twin. He was, the, he was the head of the lab, right? And so <laughs> right. they were his grad students working under him with the cloning machine, you know? So he was, where's my report? The president's gonna, this thing better work. You're gonna work all night. He did that, but remember he got replicated himself? And they, all they, they taught him now to say is, get out of here. 
<laughs> it was very funny. This was a good film. Replicates had about three or four days to be learn what to do, but he, but the clone doesn't know anything. So all he knows is how to say, get out of here. <laughs> That's All right. Good <laughs> <laughs> so now, now we're gonna get Eugene Levy comedy. Just act stupid. Okay, wait. Well, that's replicated. Yeah, it ends with her like kind of being the toxic dude to the dudes, and they they have to stay at home while she drinks beer. Okay, so uh, on April 12th, we watched from 1925, I believe, another public domain movie, The Salvation yeah. Hunters. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, no, this was not a public domain movie. This was uh, Joseph von Sternberg's artistic film that helped launch his career about a bunch of uh, existential ne'er-do-wells by the river docks. Right, right. Do you remember he put the Vaughn in the middle of his name just to sound cool, to sound European? Right, because he was Joseph Sternberg, and I had I had watched the three of his films were on part of a box set. One of the few times I went to the library before shutdown, mm-hmm. and I watched the collection and I actually held on to it during quarantine. And uh, this film was always mentioned as like this was how he he got attention and stuff like that. And well, played he and, flipped yeah. it into Charlie Chaplin's home. He made it as if it had been a delivery. <laughs> And Charlie Chaplin was like, oh, what? You know, I can't do Chaplin. He's, he's what the hell is this? And he re-reeled it. See, when Salvation Hunters came out, it, it bombed. It, it just completely bombed. Nobody went. The audience was the cast members. Uh, so he snuck it into Charlie Chaplin's house. And Charlie Chaplin liked the film. He fell in love with it. April 19th, we watched Kung Fu Mahjong 2. Right. Now... You remember why we saw Kung Fu Mahjong 1 by mistake, remember? Right. I was looking for a different film directed by Johnny Cho, uh, and I gave Carl the wrong link. And we watched a film called Kung Fu Mahjong, which was great. It was a parody of Kung Fu Hustle, and it had a lot of the Mahjong jokes, which is what I look for in Mahjong movies. And the director went on to make the sequel, two sequels, back-to-back. Right. And, yeah. Like, two's not bad. This one came out the same year. In 2005, January, Kung Fu Mahjong came out, and this one came out, I forget what month, but it was also 2005. Yeah, and it's solid. It's a funny movie. Yeah. It's, uh, it there, I think, uh, I don't know, you know, I, you should check out a film called Kung Fu Heroes from the early 80s. It's on Netflix now, and it has a lot of Mahjong jokes in it. It's, uh, you, you kind of see like how this kind of helped pave the way for Kung Fu Mahjong. I was teasing you that she dies in the end. Like you thought I, you know, I was like, it's too bad when she dies. It's tragic. Yeah, you know, I, I fell didn't... for it. I did fall for it. Didn't the director of Kung Fu Mahjong 2 also act in it? Uh, yeah, he was the, I think maybe that was Kung Fu Mahjong 1. Oh, okay. The, the head of the mob guy. And his girlfriend was, you know, it wasn't the daughter. It was his girlfriend that he liked. And, okay, that's the, the wrong year. Yeah. 
She okay, doesn't die go. in the end. I just want to, I'm going to ruin it for people. Kung Fu Mahjong 2. She doesn't <laughs> die in the end. I, I fell for you. I fell you for did. it back then. On April 26th, if you're looking at our list, 426, we watched On the Right Track from 1981. With the guy, Gary Coleman, who somehow you're tied with the same birth year. Yeah, we were born always in the stuck on your mind. Yeah. 12 years old in this film. Well, it's about a, a homeless kid who's been sleeping in the uh, Chicago train station uh, luggage station. box because he's so petite, who has this uncanny knack of picking the horses, which become makes him a celebrity and also gets into a heap of trouble. Right. And Nor TV's Norman Fell also shows up. And it was a television director, I believe. Uh, uh, Lee Phillips, he was a director and an actor, but he earned a Razzie for worst actor. I don't know. He did all right. <laughs> Maureen well, Stapleton. So wait, the, the lead in uh, On the Right Track, the, the, the adult lead, got a Razzie? Gary Coleman got a Razzie for oh, yeah. Worst Actor. That's too bad. I don't think he That's was That's too bad. Actor. That's a little harsh. Yeah. Well, I think he produced it, too. It was one of his, so hopefully he made some money off of it back in the day that went to him, of course. Right. The late Gary Coleman. Uh, yeah, it's good. You know what? It's available on YouTube, and if you're a fan of uh, Different Strokes, and if you know who we're talking about, you have an opportunity to watch this theatrical release movie from 1980. Uh, one, it's not very good, but uh, he's funny in it. Yeah. And I, I have you know, more to say about it, but we're moving on to one of your favorite films of all time. Of all time. On uh, May 3rd, we watched Meatballs 3. And Carl, let me just tell you, here's what I got to say. It was National Foods, Animal House, and Porky's kind of made this whole genre, this whole industry of these teen sex comedies. But both of those films took place in the 60s. Yeah. It wasn't until Stripes from 79 that kind of was a huge film about present-day teenagers, awkward about sex and learning about sex and facing it head-on and all that garbage. And it was also like a, a, I think it's called Lemonade or something like that. I forget, but there was oh. other films like that. But, you know, so Meatballs kind of had this thing. The sequel, which not a lot of people know about, and I can't find, had like Phoebe Herman as a bus driver. It had E.T. as a camp member. as a, oh, as a It had a Richard Mulligan as like a general Patton counselor. It was kind of like a hodgepodge. But then Meatballs 3 is like a generic, it's like a ditto of a ditto. It's like, a, you know, a <laughs> third generation dub of what these movies are about. Which is the first one that doesn't take place in a summer camp. Oh, really? Yeah, it's a summer job. He's got a summer job. Yeah, because they named there's a full title was Meatballs Three Summer Job. Like I think to differentiate it on yes. the uh, uh, through the markets, but it was Patrick Dempsey who, at the, as a teenager, was in a lot of these weird '80s teenage films, which you know he's moved on, of course. But he goes, he has a summer job working at like some kind of West Palm Springs. I don't know, like some. Well, Florida. it was a bar. It was a bar. But it was a bar in the docks, like in the water, like right. it was a floating bar. And the guy who ran it was a motorcycle dude, and Me the dude too. had a girl, and he can't mess with his girl. And his girl right. lives on the top floor of the bar, and the dude throws guys out who try to fool with his girl, and so out of the, out of the roof. Yeah, and all the all the partiers are like, "Yeah, you tell him, Buster." You and know, they like bet on it. Yeah, it's like spring break every weekend. So he goes to a summer job, but also concurrently, 
there is a uh, porn star who died and went to heaven, but can't get to the, through the pearly gates unless the porn star ghost gets that particular nerd laid during a summer. Right. Roxy. Roxy. Played by Sally Kellerman, our MASH connection, who is right. a nerd hot lips. Uh, What's that? Star Trek connection, too. Yeah. Oh, do tell. Uh, well, it was called... Uh, uh, it was the pilot episode for Star Trek. She was like the ship's counselor kind of person. And she, um, it was called Where No Man Has Gone Before. And it's uh, she, Sally Kellerman. She's well, there you go. Connection. She was a celebrity too. She would always do uh, the paparazzi shots. And she was known for going to Cannes Film Festival and getting her photo taken mm-hmm. there as well. And she she plays it like a 1930s dame, which is strange, but the movie well, she plays is it like Mae West. She thinks Mae West has a sexy voice. Yeah. So it's a strange film. And then Meatballs 4 was actually Ski Academy or something like that. Uh-huh. Corey Feldman and Jack Nance, they, HBO changed. Oh, yes, yes, yes. All right. Well, that's why I say one of the greatest movies ever made. May 10th, we watched Mr. Billion. Mr. Billion with a B. Yes. I like that film. And uh, it was the star of like the biggest movie star in Europe. He did a lot of spaghetti westerns. He was from Italy. And this was supposed to be the big launch for him in the United States. Right. He was paired against uh, Jackie Gleason, who at yeah. the time was still acting. Yeah. And uh, yeah, it's a, it's a, he had a partner, but he was the partner wasn't in this film. But the guy's charming. He, you know, he's kind of a cipher in this film. His the character's name is because he's from Italy was Guido. Yeah, and that's the right. thing is the slur, the slur. They, I get they didn't mean it as an Italian slur, but that certainly right. is what it is, and was then too. I guess the man's real name was Guido, but it didn't come off very well. He he got notified that his uh, uncle or something has died, and he can inherit the Trans America build the Bank of America building in San Francisco if he drives from Italy to San Francisco. So he flies the over to America. Company, the whole company becomes CEO. But Jackie Gleason wants to stop it, and so he, they're on the road. He flies to America. He meets a gal. They drive across to San Francisco. Valerie Perrin. Yeah, that's right, Valerie Perrin, who's from uh, Cuckoo's Nest, I believe. Yeah, and Cannonball. Yeah, Cannonball, of course. So it, you know, it has its moments. The, the everyone's charming in it, but uh, it was a film. I don't know. It's a strange little film. Yeah, I and, like it. Uh, um, Slim Pickens was in it. Remember? Yeah. Well, golly, okay. I took my farm. I like to move on to the next one, Carlos. On uh, May seventeenth, we watched. What's that? <laughs> well, okay, Rosebud Beach Hotel. Bosom yeah. Buddies guy. Peter Solari gets a hotel and it might as well play like a sitcom. It had, I don't know, it was charming. I don't know. I liked it. Well, I, I mean, it, it had this that guy who always plays Dracula, um, Francisco, um, you know, Count Dooku from Star Wars, remember? Christopher, Christopher Lee, right? Right, so, right, right. Yeah. And Francis Fran Jester, she's, yeah, young, young 80s Fran Jester, uh, dressers, definitely worth watching. <laughs> she was good remember, at it, she was really funny um, in it. Do you remember the, uh, the pictures that were Duran Duran album covers? You know what I remember? The Bellboys are a comedy duo, right? Yeah. And they would just yeah. be in their own world. 
Right. And they they talk like you know they talk like we're detached a little doing sticks like it was like straight vaudevillian like yeah more 80s cocaine type of uh, humor. It was really <laughs> interesting. They had that party in the broom downstairs. Yeah. I don't know. It's worth it. It was a, it was a good film. But also, we, don't you remember um, Chuck McCann was in it? Um, yes. And uh, Eddie Deason was in it. He was an alien, remember? Yeah, I, I'm telling you, it's a good movie. Because I think the Rosebud Beach Hotel was that. That was not in California, right? No, it was, it was in Florida. It was Florida. It was the father of Colleen Camp owned it. And he was giving the bachelor party dude, uh, Peter Scolari, a chance to run it and prove himself. Do you remember Mo Monique Gabriel was in that? Yeah. Oh, yeah. All right. It's good. It's solid. So you should check it out. It's amazing. Oh, wait. I know you're going away. So I just got to say the last thing. The lead singer of, um, uh, gosh, what was that band called? Um, the Runaways. You remember Cherry Bomb? Right. It's yeah. Her and her to... twin sister. Yeah, that's right. They're in there and they sing the songs, a couple songs in there. Mm -hmm. All right. Uh, we'll, we'll remember the name. Obviously, our, our listeners know who we're talking about. Uh, Hopscotch, 1980, was our film on May 24th, if you check out that episode on our archives. That's with Walter Matthau, and uh, I, my mom promised me to see that movie, and uh, I did. I, I broke something, and as punishment, I was never allowed to see it. I saw that movie 40 years later, and I'm glad I never saw it as a kid. And, you know, I, I wouldn't appreciate it. Yeah, that's right. It really wasn't a movie for a kid. It was a espionage. Um, you can't fire me. I'll be a jerk to you if you do a film. And I forget how did we just, I, I forget how we found it, but, but nonetheless, it was just a lot of fun. It was produced by that um, childhood friend of Walter Matthau's and it was based on the novel. It was all right. Mozart was the the soundtrack yeah well yeah it's definitely like take this job and screw it but it has this geopolitics uh political and very just dry humor to it as he just fucks things up and uh for for other people it's, it's definitely worth watching and it's a great julie christie right was in that as well yeah and glenda jackson and jackson glenda jackson is what i'm thinking of yeah also it changed the movie industry a little bit because they did this direct distribution release to the film. They bypassed traditional methods and just sent it to the theaters themselves uh, and made the theater owners profit participants. And they signed 154 theaters with advanced payments. Sure, we'll take your money and distributed it that way. Right. Well, there you go. And thus created IFC. Uh, on uh, May 20, 31st, we watched one of the second of the three films I loved from this year. Uh, Quentin Tarantino's 2007 film is on YouTube. We're talking about Death Proof. Yeah. I, I, I'll be very brief because I wrote a really long dissertation. It's, it's part of a, it was theatrically released as Grindhouse, yeah. which had two connecting movies. Uh, first was a Robert Rodriguez film, which I was just watching today, Planet Terror. Oh. Yeah. You know, in, in Planet Terror, there's a scene where in the beginning of the film, the radio says, and this is in memoriam of our own Jungle Julia. So it references uh, Death Proof. 
and it has characters that show up in Death Proofs. I think my biggest complaint is that it's, they should really release what they released in theaters. Both Death Proof and Planet Terror were re-released on video cassette as extended official theatrical versions. And they added scenes in Death Proof that they should have never included, you know, like the the striptease and then the uh, Paul Shoe, the foot licking Italian Vogue uh, right, right. as convenience store. It's a dream within a dream. You dream about these women, they have phone conversations under text messages with Simon Christensen, and then they get killed, and then we watch it again, and this time they fight better, you know, like, yeah, it's a very okay. strange movie. One of the weirder movies I've ever seen. It's just, uh, it seems like I'm, I'm, I'm stuck in a dream. The daughter of, of Cheryl Ladd was in it, and, and uh, who, Zoe Bell, who was the stunt woman, Right. You know, and that's another weird thing I, I would have to say is that she was a stunt woman for Uma Thurman and Kill Bill. I mean, right. it, in Kill Bill, Uma Thurman did her own stunt and got hurt in a car accident. And that was on Quentin Tarantino's request. And then the following movie, he did a film where he took Uma Thurman's stunt woman and put her in distress in a different car situation, yeah. car stunt situation. Yeah. It's weird. You know, with the idea with um uh sean penn they were in a hotel together for some reason i don't know and they were drinking and he and uh tarantino was like I i'm gonna get a volvo i'm just afraid of dying in a car crash it's just stupid i'm getting a volvo and so he said well why don't you just get a hollywood stunt crew pay them about you know fifteen hundred dollars and they'll death proof it for you they'll soup it up like you know like a NASCAR's cage because death proof, death proof. That gave him the idea, a stuntman's car. I don't know the rest of the slasher stuff, but that's what the, you know, Perkill, that was his Eureka moment. Yeah. And his well, jukebox was in the film. Wasn't that dumb? His jukebox, well, he shows up as himself. Uh, and like he always says these films where you hang out. So this film, you literally hang out with him himself yeah. in his own bar. And yeah. his own jukebox, which he meticulously compiled himself. Yeah, uh, yeah, it's a weird movie. I don't, I don't know what to tell you. What about I, the sheriff, the son, and the the father and son sheriff team? Well, that's why you need to see it as Grindhouse because they show up first in Planet Terror. First off, Tarantino has always said, "I have two types of movies: one about real people, like in uh, Pulp Fiction, you know, mm -hmm. and then the movies they would like to see." like uh, from Dust to Dawn, where the the Michael Parks sheriff first appeared. Michael Parks appeared and got killed and blown up and, you know, caught on fire uh, by George Clooney in the beginning of From Dust to Dawn. Right. And then Reinhouse, he's, he's not only is he alive, but his daughter works as a nurse at a hospital and his son's also, a uh, you know, so you meet his mom in the first one and then, and then in Death Proof, he shows they show up an hour and 15 minutes into the film yeah and they're at the hospital this is before the zombies from the first movie show up and the, the daughter is there with michael parks and michael parks has a son you know they who suspect works. it's a murder they're talking about how they suspect it's a murder but fuck it this ain't my jurisdiction but you know it's weird it's like his his fantasy character is now in the real world i don't know it's it's a very strange like uh yeah it would help if you seen the first movie and you go, oh, cool. That's the guys from that movie I saw four hours ago. You know, they should be together. And it also represents what a grindhouse is. You know, one film, the next film, the next film. Right. Yeah, absolutely. 
And also, like, the first film had, like, a lot of war references, which I kind of like because, you know, during the Vietnam War, there was a lot of crappy films. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, so you can watch both films back-to-back and maybe feel better for yourself. But it's a very strange film, and uh, so I, I definitely want to single that out. So uh, keep going. So that was the end of May. May 31st was yeah. Death Proof. And then on June 7th, we watched Yahoo! Serious and Mr. Accident from 1999. Yeah, yeah. The last film he ever did. The film that killed his career. I loved this film. It was hilarious. He works in the Sydney Opera House as a uh, egg um, uh, deliver, uh Well, he can see the Opera House. He works in a factory, an egg factory. It's an egg factory. They use the opera house as an egg factory, and he has his own <laughs> weird apartment where a lot of uh, accidents happen because he is Mr. Accident. Yeah, Mr. Accident. In my mind, I'm watching a full-length movie on YouTube with Michael Spiegelman. And Carl, like me, let's watch a full-length movie on YouTube with Mike Spiegelman. L-W-A-F-L-M-O-Y-T. Welcome to Let's Watch a Full-Length Movie on YouTube with Mike Spiegelman and Carl. Carl, that was a beautiful theme song. Thank you. Written by James Taylor. What? <laughs> I gave you so much money for this. <laughs> All right. Uh, welcome to the show. Uh, we are better known by our acronym, L-W-A-F-L-M-O-Y-T, and that is how you can find us on your podcast app. You can find us on our great YouTube channel. And uh, what we do is we watch a full-length movie with you. You watch the movie on YouTube, and you listen to us at the same time. If you're too lazy for that, I recommend going to our YouTube channel. Carl has just synced five of our episodes to the respective movies. We have yes. Dante's Inferno, The Golden Gate Murders, They're Playing With Fire, Peter Pan, and Dr. Jekyll and Miss Hyde. And if you're on YouTube, They're Playing With Fire has boobs. <laughs> so check that out. It's fantastic. We already have 236 views in three days uh, on that one. Oh, really? Uh, everyone else has seven views. Yeah, Golden Gate Murders, seven views. Dante's Inferno, two. Anyway, so yeah. what we'll do, we're going to watch a movie. Uh, Carl, what is the movie? Okay, today we are watching On the Right Track. On the Right Track, 1981. That's what you put in your YouTube search engine. On the Right Track, 1981. Hit enter. And we will like the channel 80s, 90s movies. Okay? Eight- oh, that sounds like an interesting channel. Yeah. So make sure that you have- click on that link, hit pause, rewind to zero, 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 and buffer. All right. Yeah, sounds good. So I'm doing the same thing on the right track, 1981. There it is. Click, and I uh, hit pause, and I move the timer back to zero, zero, zero. And what we're going to do is we'll have a countdown, and when the countdown goes, you play the movie. And I am very excited, Carl. Yes. I may be locked in my apartment going fucking batshit trying not to, trying to live another day, but we have none other than the Countdown King, uh-huh. the maestro of the seven numerals, <laughs> Mr. 321 himself, the man who has a podcast right before us here on mutinyradio.fm where we stream every Sunday at 2 p.m. 
courtesy of station manager, number one superstar, Cam Benjamin. We please give it up. Let's get ready to brumba. You know, the world don't move to the beat of just one brum. We please give it up for Paul Brumba. Hi, Paul. Yeah. Hey, guys. It's great to be here. I'm really happy and honored to be here and alive. Yep. We're ready to do this thing. Yep. On the right track, 1981. Yeah. I was on the right track right. in 1981. Yeah. You guys know the drill. Call- Go ahead, guys. Call- I, wanna wish you I gotta say, happy, happy birthday. birthday. Happy birthday to Paul Brumba. Happy birthday. April 16th. To our listeners. Yeah, oh, you're 56 you years old. You guys, I appreciate that. There you yeah, go. I'm going to be 50 all old. over again. <laughs> 156. <laughs> all right, guys. Here we go. You guys know the drill. And let's do this in birthday style so we can blow out that candle. Let's do this thing yeah. in three, two, one, go. 20th Century Fox. Do, 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 That's do. a big ball. Zephyr production. Zephyr was created just oh, to promote Gary Coleman. Really? So this uh, is a Gary Coleman movie. Do, do, do. And Lee Phillips just existed. Gary Coleman. And we're supposed to learn from this scene that Chicago's just fucking nuts. Yeah, this one. Carl, I have a bad <laughs> movie rule. If the movie sucks balls before the credit ends, it's a bad movie. So just watching a, a woman and old lady flip over a, a assailant before the, the uh, credit ends, yeah, not a good sign. Oh, Maureen, Maureen Stapleton. Stapleton. Wow. Yep. Yeah. Is that her right there? No. No. This is a lady we won't see again. They break them. We do see her again, but they break a movie rule. They're starting off with not a hero, which is a, which is a no-no in movies. Yeah, you're absolutely right. Uh, our favorite movie, the uh, bailout with uh, David uh, Hassel. Uh, mm-hmm. What's yeah. his name? Hasselhoff. Does the same thing. Hasselhoff. That does the same thing. They it starts off with a guy driving his car, and we never see him again. Well, no, we do see him again. He was the bail bonds boss, the owner. But yeah, but he but he's, right. He was not. That's not the way you start the film. So we start with this lady here. Now, by the way, we got to give a big shout out to the lockers and uh, and the train station because I've never seen one in the last fifteen years. Yep. So God bless. I don't even see lockers in bowling alleys anymore. Okay, now the lady she finds a free locker. She opens it up, and what does she discover? Gary Coleman. Lucky. What a lucky kid. You know, when this movie, Gary Coleman was born the same year I was. So, I, you know, he's a celebrity that I grew up with, and I always associated everything with Gary Coleman. And when I saw this movie in, uh, back in the day, I was so jealous that uh, he got to sleep in his own locker. <laughs> oh, he's got a Donald Trump mask. He's got a double, very good. He's got a double locker situation. So it's like an apartment for him, about his size. That's because his other roommate moved out and he was able to take the space. Never got a new roommate. Shoeshine boy. Now, I know I'm obsessed by Gary Coleman because he, we were the same age. Uh-huh. And I know that he was obsessed by trains and he opened up a model train store in Boulder, Colorado. Yeah. 
Yeah, he was obsessed Denver, with modern Denver. trains. Model trains, absolutely. So it's nice to see him in a leading role at a train station. I know it's essential. And this is Union State. Oh, when his career began, he used to travel here into Chicago a lot for like roles, you know, little kid jobs. Right. So now is the part Was of the his, film in which we learn that his name is Lester and he's got a million friends in Chicago's Union Station where he lives. Huh. He's talking to one right Just now. Just like in real life. He, this guy owns the pizza shop. You might recognize him from Golden Girls. He was the ex-husband of B. Arthur. Yeah, well, I recognize his mustache from uh, 70s porno movie uh, Tight Jeans. <laughs> My God, look. So 81, so he's been doing different strokes, the TV show where he's, where, which launched him. Yeah. Two years. Right. So at the height, he got the movie. Well, he didn't. He made this happen, or his agent, or whatever. They they formed a company and they said, "Look, we gotta capitalize on this now. Get you in a movie." And that's why this is his yeah. first movie ever. And it, he didn't get like go audition for a role. They said, "Let's write a star vehicle." Gotcha. He said, "As long as the vehicle are trains, because as Mike Spiegelman says, I'm obsessed by trains." Now here, oh, there's a comic book. Roth Hyman. Hyman Roth. Hyman Roth. That's Hyman Roth? <laughs> no, but it sure looks like him, right? <laughs> it looks like him. <laughs> now I got to go to Israel. But what do they know? Michael, this deal is bigger than U.S. Steel. We watched The, the Godfather. We never watched Godfather 2 together, but I told you my father hated Hyman Roth. From Godfather too, he said it was the worst Jewish character he's ever seen. Yeah, yeah. They make in the Godfather, it made the Jews look bad. They're like, thank God we weren't Italian. <laughs> I don't think it made the Jews <laughs> look bad. Hyman Roth was extremely powerful. Yeah, but he's the kind of guy that like gives Jews a bad name, or that people think Jews. Uh... Oh, he has got a pot belly there. I was hoping I could see him shirtless. I've never seen Gary Coleman at that age shirtless. Thank you, movie. This is Bill Russell, who was a very famous basketball star, and he led the Boston Celtics to nine straight NBA titles. They won 11 in total. So he is a big deal. He's tall. He's like three or four Gary Coleman's. <laughs> also, he was like notoriously a jerk, and people in Boston didn't like him, even though he wins for them, you know? He refuses to have autographs. Right. He also he also appears in a movie where it takes place in Chicago. Was that like a fuck you or was he from yeah, Chicago? He, <laughs> this was originally going <laughs> to be in New York when they first wrote it. Uh, as a matter of fact, it had another title called New York Loves Lester. Um, New York Loves Lester? Let me try. Uh, excuse me. Two tickets, please, for New York Loves I can't do it. Look, Love Lester. I'm not Gary Coleman said, come on, guys, New York, I'm from Chicago. Is he really from Chicago? Yes, and, well, this, a suburb of. And when he first started acting and going for roles, he would go into uh, Union Station through Chicago with his parents. This is how he started out. So this is sort of near and dear to him. Now, he's only 12 years old right here. 
Wow. Now this guy's saying, he's, you know, he's a doctor. And it's like, what kind? What are you doing lately? He goes and he says, artificial insemination. Do you know what that is? And he goes, yeah, it's sex without the fun. Okay, look, here's uh, real <laughs> shoe shine guys, right? And now, right, bunker here sees like a scab. Oh my God! Yeah, this is big news. I read about that in the Chicago Tribune front page. Now it's basically uh, everyone's on the phone just showing. Ah. Uh. Don't do that, mister. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so now we're going to learn that Lester has this special ability. For some reason, and it's inexplicable in the movie, we never learn why, he can pick winners right. for the horse races. Dancing Doll, Fish Dream, <laughs> and Latest Song. That's the trifecta today. Yeah, I was about to say you should wear a mask when that guy sneezes, but, you know, that's just me now. Now, this is pre-COVID. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So he was ahead of his time wearing a gorilla mask. Okay, here's Maureen Stanton. Oh. And she's a homeless person? Yes. Uh, Mike, that's not the really right way to say it. If it's okay with you, we prefer person of homelessness. Um. Uh, actually, the unhoused. The unhoused. The unhoused. I was. Kidding. I guess she's a hobo, right? She's a rummy. Mike. Back Mike. Then. Oh my goodness. <laughs> she's a person of hobo nequitous. You, I get uh, Gary Coleman and Dabney Coleman mixed up, and I get Gene Stapleton and Marine Stapleton mixed up. So, ah. oh, here's the arcade. All right, just drop me off here, Carl. I'm going to hang out here for the rest of yeah. the movie. Well, you know, so am I because I'm such a lech. And here she is, our love interest. Oh, really? Wow, way to go, 12-year-old. Yeah. No, 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 not the 12-year-old. <laughs> you might recognize her from Beverly Hills Cop. She was like the childhood friend of Eddie Murphy, and they tried awesome. to solve the mystery. Right, the one who gets killed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She's only in like 15 minutes in that movie. She's good in that movie too. Like she's she's actually kind of starts the film, you know. Yeah. It's amazing. You watch these celebrities in their movies, and you know their films are grounded. Beverly Hills Cop is grounded. She grounds the film. I heard John McClane has a boo boo and it hurts. Yeah. And then you know the sequels come and we just forget about it. You know, let them do whatever. Yeah. Doesn't matter anymore. Jump off World Trade Center and he rolls to the bottom. Oh, ouch! That's smart. Oh, oh, jeez. Um. Yeah, I know. Oh man. Is um. I'm sorry to interrupt you. This is um. She was born in Saudi Arabia. I think that was really quite weird. Yeah. Well, I also think it's weird that she's just. She happens to be the one working at the arcade. Well, she's a spiraling singer, right? And she even has an audition tonight. So we, best of luck, lady. Now, when she was a young Uh, girl, she was in like My Three Sons and Gunsmoke. But when she grew up, she was like a lot of TV, The Amazing Spider-Man. But we know her from Officer and a Gentleman and Beverly Hills Cop. Right. Well, I, I have to say, I mean, she's great in Beverly Hills Cop. 
Her name's I was Jill just to die. And in this movie, she's Lisa. And she's the sweetest, sweetest thing. Yeah. Right. I'm surprised there's not more kids in this arcade. Well, we're going to meet a toughy, tough kid. Actually, we already met him, who later robs him. Oh, no. Uh what Jill is doing is like nicey nice stuff, like, te- you know, getting them away from, te- you know, the th- it's like test your knowledge game. Why do I got to play this learning thing? What, test? It was like a love meter game. Okay, so Archie oh, it's a tries to get help from the cop. And the cop's like, call the, call the so and so department. I like how uh, the arcade machines don't look real at all. No. God, this this station has it all. It's got hamburgers, pizza, video games. Oh, it's unique. Hot dogs. It's like our Penn Station. I say our like you're still here. Yeah. Well, you know, I remember Port Authority had a bowling alley, right, and an uh, off-track track yep. betting uh, office in there. There was OTB, and there was a bowling alley, and there was everything in there, something to eat, newsstands. You could even get a bus. Yeah. Right, yeah. Last bus at 1230, get back to New Jersey. Yeah. I know that uh, Grand Station had a record store in there. I, I, I shoplifted from that record store. Really? How'd you do it? Tell me about it. I never heard the story. Well, it was winter. I was with Tom Kroll and John Skullnick. Uh, I had a big wintry overcoat. And so we were in there looking through the records. And so I took, just by impulse, by whim, that's the only way I could do it. It wasn't a heist. I took uh, right. Ghost in the Machine by the police, and I, I put it between my belly and the bin, right? And I kept looking at records. Mm-hmm. And then I just inched it down until I could slip it up my stomach side of my jacket. Then I put my hands in my pocket and gripped right to hold the record left and right. And then I said very loudly to Tom and John, "I got to go pee. I'll be right back." And then I walked out. <laughs> wow! Whoa! So Man, they you were just hustling. And it took them forever to come out of the record store. They were like, dude, we thought you said you were going to come back. Okay, now. I never said that. He's fantasizing. Jill is like, someday you'll get married. So he's fantasizing it. Ooh. Do it. Yeah. They're going to have artificial insemination? Yeah. Gross. Wait, what, do not disturb for two 12-year-olds? It's um, that look eight? It, it's just a joke, Mike. It wasn't child pornography. And by artificial, they they are talking about the fish. The the wait, artificial, artificial. There's a pun there, and I haven't found it yet. Okay, there was this assassin. His name was Artie, right? Artificial, and uh, he'll do any job for any price. You must have seen that headline, Artie chokes three at the AMP for a dollar. Yeah, it might have choked Artie, but it ain't going to choke Stymie. Choke Stymie? Oh, that oh, Rascals, you never saw that episode? No, I probably, you know, I probably did. Probably did. 
Well, Stymie finds an artichoke and he like peels back each one of those little leaves, leaves until he gets to the middle and there's nothing in there. And he's all upset and he goes, it might have choked Artie. I'm going to choke Stymie. <laughs> I didn't write it. Nice. So right now it's like, what yeah. love? And we're learning that like, not only is he a sharp kid who's quick-witted, but he's sensitive. See, the outside world beat him down. He's an orphan, and he will not leave Union Station. He won't go onto the street. He's deathly afraid of it. Oh, really? He did, he's been in the station? Yep, he lives wow, in he's... The lockers. He does his shoe shining. Right. He's deathly afraid of leaving. Huh. And he's working on his own business. Wow. 